impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Werner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one place for monetization strategy, fun, quirkiness, and a little bit of knowledge here on the internet. I am your host, Steve Werner. Today, I am joined by somebody who's a lawyer, but you can't hate her because she does immigration law and she helps all different kinds of fun stuff, but that's not what we're here to talk about. She is actually a success architect. Don't ever call her a coach. She'll throw shit at you. Amber Furman, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I'm a really bad aim, so you shouldn't be afraid of me like throwing stuff at you. I promise you'll be okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to try it later. I'm going to call you. <laughs> so, I want to know how you got to where you are, because I don't think one, you become a lawyer by being lazy or by having a negative mindset, but I don't think you get to be a success coach unless you've had to overcome some stuff. I just used the word. That's number it's one. Right. It's all right. So talk to me, take me back to the beginning and tell me where all of this started for you. Yeah. So, um, I, it's really interesting to listen to you say that you don't become a coach with like a tough mindset because, or a rough mindset. Cause I kind of feel like I did, um, in the fact that I became an attorney out of survival, right? Like I, um, my dad passed away when I was 17 and it rocked my world. And I was trying to figure out like my entire life, I've wanted to be successful. What does that mean? I never really took time to define it. And then my dad passes away at a time where I'm supposed to be experimenting, like what life is like I graduated from high school, my, my first year of college, I'm supposed to be like feeling stuff out. And then all of a sudden this like person that I rely on gets ripped out of my life. And I started spiraling and I saw this better life for myself that was tied to a six figure income and some sort of successful career. My dad and I used to always talk about um, being an attorney. I love John Grisham books. I love to read. And so he's like, you should go do this. Right. And so I was like, well, you know, if happiness is tied to a six figure income, the only way I know to do that, the only people I know that make six figures is that I can associate with their attorneys. Cause clearly John Grisham books are real life. And that's what I should be able to expect in the legal career. Right. And so it was like, I had this life I was so unhappy with and a law degree was going to fix it. And so I put my head down and I got my law degree and then I passed the bar and then I started practicing law and like three years into practicing, I'm like, whose life am I living? And why does it still suck? Cause like I, I passed this milestone like a year ago, everything should be great by now. And it was that moment that I realized that or that I started to take the steps to realize that um, there's not this moment that you can create that takes away all the crap that you didn't want to deal with. Like you have to deal with the shit at some point in time. And in 2016, it all caught up with me. So what do you mean it all caught up? With you? Um, I was practicing law. I had um, my six figure income. 
I had this, like, I'm the first person in my family to go to college. So like the idea of going to college and then going to law school and then having this career was something that was not normal in my family. Um, so I, I have everything that people have told me they wanted in my family. And um, every time somebody tells me I'm successful, I just feel completely empty inside. I had this amazing ability to normalize a situation um, by taking control of anything that I possibly could to make me feel like I was in control. And unfortunately, that normally meant people. Like I didn't realize till I got to the other side of this, how emotionally manipulative I was when I was in this spot. Um, and so I got sent up to Reno for some court appearances and something happened while I was up there that made me feel out of control. And all of the techniques that I had used for the last 10 years to take back control and make myself feel better were gone because I don't know anybody up there. I can't call anybody. I can't show up at anybody's house. I can't go talk to anyone. Um, and I'm left with myself for the first time. And I was up there for four days. I couldn't eat. Like I, I would try to force myself to eat and I couldn't do it. I wasn't sleeping. I started having panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I was like, something has to freaking change. So I called a therapist while I was up there. When I got back to Vegas, I started going to therapy and I was about six months in when um, the entire time we had been working on healthy coping mechanisms for anxiety and panic and all of this stuff that I had been dealing with that I didn't know I had been dealing with. And um, about six months in, I said, you know, I just don't want to feel like a failure anymore. And she says, you have a six-figure income. You're the first person in your family to go to college. You're an attorney. You're respected in your profession. Like, what the hell does success mean to you? And I said, I don't know. And that's why I stand on the platform that I do now, because answering that question is the only way that I've been able to find any type of happiness. Well, that's okay. So that's, if you guys are listening to this and you're like, uh, how do I find success? You just said it. What is success to you? Not to other people, right? Because we all here get a six-figure income, drive the car, live in the house. If you figure out what success means to you and let go of the judgment that other that you think other people have of you, because the judgment that other people have for you is nothing like what you think in your head, right? But you get to move forward and then you start to find that. So when I said earlier, I want to clarify this too. When I said earlier, like no one gets to be a success architect architect, without going through some stuff, right? Like you just don't wake up one day and you're like, hey, I'm a success architect. <laughs> just come over here and see me. You have to go through it. You wouldn't be able to teach it. You wouldn't have the smile on your face that you do unless you had gone through it. Um, so let's... What happened? Like, how did you define success? And I know it's not, everyone wants to pretend that there's a light switch on the wall that you flip, right? But it's not, it's defining what success is and then making yourself like feeling that in here, even if you don't have it externally, most people have it wrong, right? They have all the shit on the outside that says success, but they don't feel it here when really it goes the opposite way. So talk to me about what, what steps you took. So you started to define it. Yeah. So I, it was multifaceted. When I look back and think about the things that were really critical in getting me from 
hyperventilating in the corner of a hotel room to being able to come on podcasts and talk about my story and help people design a life that they absolutely love. Um, there are a few things that stand out at me. The first one is when I came back from that trip in Reno, a good friend of mine invited me to go work out with him in this like workout group in the park. And I was not into physical fitness like at all. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll come. Well, here's the thing about me. I'm really competitive and I don't watch people people do things very well. Like I have to jump in. So I go out and I start working out and I'm so out of shape and it's so awful. And I'm like, I got to go. Like I'm crying. Right. And I'm like, I have to leave. And the trainer was amazing. And he says, don't go just, just like come stand with me and watch for a minute. And I'm like, okay, I can watch. And I'm there for like two or three minutes. And I'm like, screw this shit. Like I want back in. Right. And so I would jump back in and it was like that was the first time that I, like, I wanted to walk away from something. I wanted to go hide. I wanted to retreat. And I had somebody saying, Hey, you, you don't have to actually be a part of this. Just don't go. And then you watch and your confidence gets back up. And I feel like that's so representative of the way that we all end up like actually growing is I want to retreat. I want to retreat. I want to retreat. How can I stay involved in this and feel comfortable? And then eventually we get the courage to jump back in. So through that group of people I met who would later become my obstacle course trainer, who would later take me to a 24 hour obstacle course race called World's Toughest Mudder. Training for that endurance race challenged everything I think about myself physically, everything I think about myself mentally and everything I think about myself emotionally. I was, I had to, I, I just finished reading um, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and there's, I love that book. And there's a moment in that book where he talks about like ceilings are, are man-made, like roofs are man-made. And so all these ceilings I had put on myself, I started to break through each one of those and I started to get more confident. And it was in that process that I opened my law firm. It was in that process that I got the courage to actually step out and do something for myself instead of rely on other people to take care of me in this field that I despised. Um, when I opened my law firm, I had no idea how to run a business. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I've never done this before. So I was like, where can I go hang out where I can learn how to run a business? So I joined a bunch of networking groups and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to network, but these, sorry, I just hit my mic. I don't know if I'm ready to network, but these people run businesses and they know what I need to know to do or what I need to know to not do. And I'm just going to soak up everything that they have to tell me. In that group, I found someone who says, hey, I have a success boot camp coming up. And I said, oh, this is what I've been waiting for, right? Like, I need to define success. I need to know what it is. And you're going to tell me. So I went to the success boot camp. And for eight hours, I listened to the person who is my now coach tell me that the reason I don't have everything that I want in my life is because of me. And I was like, this freaking sucks. Like, this is not what I was expected. Where's my bullet points? I'm an attorney, right? Where's step one, two, three, four, success. Like, it just doesn't work that way. So get out of your comfort zone in whatever way that looks like for you. For me, it was physical. Surround yourself with people who know what you don't know and then get out of your own way. So how do people, I, I think that is, a, see, you just bullet pointed it. I don't know if you I see did. that. But it's the attorney in me. Yeah, you just bullet pointed it. The, the two things that I want to point out that you, the first one is, 
what shifts in your mindset where this starts to take place, at least for me and what I've seen looking at all entrepreneurs, all successful business owners that not success on the outside, but people who are at peace with themselves and happy, we all take responsibility 100% for ourselves. Like you said, like, I, I was looking for people outside of myself to tell me what to do. When you take responsibility and like you still have a coach, right? But you can accept or reject what they tell you. You don't accept it blindly. You take responsibility for your actions. You take responsibility for your emotions and how you deal with things, which you, you've obviously come on the other side of. So that's the closest thing I've ever seen to a switch. Because once you start to get that, everything else, you're like, okay, how can I make this a positive? How can I? So to your three bullets, which I think are great, how do you get out of your own way? Because I think that's where so many people, they're like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to find some new friends, right? I'm going to find some people that that aren't my old friends, but my old friends might still be there. I don't know. And then I'm going to try to get out of my comfort zone, but I don't want to, I just want to lay in bed. The alarm's going off. I don't want to get out of bed. What do I do? How do you, how do you get out of your own way? So the first thing that I always tell people is exactly what you just said. Start taking 100% responsibility for everything in your life. We are, even the people who are willing to let go of control, we are all control freaks. So why would you ever give control over your success to someone other than you, right? Why would you ever say, I'm in this situation because of whatever it is? The answer is always you. Um, I always tell the story of my dad passing away. It's, it's not my fault my dad passed away. It's my responsibility about how I deal with it. It's my responsibility of whether I spend, like for five years, I sat here not knowing which way was up. I sat here not knowing, I, I changed my major four or five times. I failed out of undergrad. Like I, I sat there spiraling. Eventually, I decided that that's not the way I wanted to live anymore. So think about the things that you don't particularly like about your life and then ask the really uncomfortable question of what did I do to create this? And how do I do something different to create a different result? Um, The second part of that is you need I mean, I think everybody needs a a coach or a mentor or a success architect or whoever you want to reach out to. You need somebody in your life who is invested in your success and not invested in your story, not invested in your trauma, that has a completely unbiased idea of where you should go and can take that idea from you, take your guidance of what success means to you, and can say those times where you're stuck in your shit and you don't want to get out of it and and have that person that can lovingly push you out of your own way. Um, We can't do it alone. We can't, the mindset part, we can't do alone. Yet we have to be the one to take all the action. So you need that person to walk along beside you to say, hey, by the way, like you're kind of, you're kind of not taking responsibility right now. Well, that's, so if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, I've heard the business coach thing. I don't blah, 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 blah. Almost all Fortune 500 company CEOs have a business coach. Also, all of them in interviews, I've done this. I've gone and looked at interviews. Back when I was getting started in 2014, I was like, do I hire a coach? Because I was like, I don't know what that looks like. And I, it's, a, it's not cheap. And I was like, do I do this? And I found an article on Reddit 
which you can imagine how that went, right? It was like complete, like, I don't need a coach. I'll man, I'll do it myself. And then there were other people who were like, no, coaching's away, woo woo forever. And then there were like the people, there were a few normal people in there, but I actually went and read, I started reading biographies. Almost all of them say exactly what you said. And the key is they are invested in your success, not in your story. They're not emotionally involved. They don't care. Like the only reason they care about the outcome is because they want you to win. They've usually gone through something. They're ahead of you a couple steps on the journey. They're not going to be, they're going to be objective. They're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you the truth that they're calling you on the, on your shit and they're paid to do it. And anyone who's like, well, I have a brother, or I have a sister, or I have a friend. People pay attention to what they pay for. When you pay somebody, you will listen to them. And it shuts off all the noise because then you're not listening to 50 podcasts trying to implement eight different strategies. You've got somebody that you know, like, and trust, and you're listening to them. So I would love to hear a little bit about what, like, what's the coaching, the success architect method? Like, what do you, how, <laughs> what are some successes that you've gotten? What are some, some forward thinking pieces that you help people with? Yeah. So um, I love um, NLP, if you're familiar with that neurolinguistics programming, I just received my trainer certification in that. And I'm super excited to start actually training those things. And, but I've been using them in my coaching practice, um, for the last year and a half. So we all have like understanding how a person thinks. I tell my clients all the time, what you think is irrelevant to me. I need to know how you think. Because as soon as I know how you think, then I know how to get you out of your own way. What you think is just, this is what I'm focusing on today. This is what I'm focusing on today. And that's great. We'll do taskless. But I need to know how you think. I need to know where your self-sabotage techniques are. I need to know what limiting beliefs exist in your mindset. I need to know how information gets through your senses, through your mind, and what filters exist to create the result that you're currently living in. And it's really, really interesting because... I have a personal trainer and I have a, so I have four coaches that I work with right now. One's a personal trainer, one's a nutritionist, and then I have a podcast coach and a business coach. And my business coach is also my NLP trainer. So I wrapped those into one. And I was working with my personal trainer and my nutritionist yesterday. And they, they've been, I've been fighting them hard. And they're like, Amber, you got to change. You've got to change this. And I was like, I ain't changing. Like, don't tell me what to do. I love my lifestyle. I love, like, I, I'm, I'm not giving up potatoes. I grew up in Idaho. Don't take away my potatoes. Like you can bite me before you take away my potatoes. It's not happening. And I was so stuck in my own shit that I actually told my personal trainer in the middle of like a wall sit, I would rather stay like this then give up potatoes. Now that's not true or else I never would have hired him, right? But in my mind, the idea of what I could be losing is so much worse than the idea of what I could be gaining. So I'm emotionally on edge. I walked out of our personal training session. I was like, nope, I'm done. Came back like five minutes later. And then two and a half hours later, I have my call with my nutritionist. And I'm like, here we go again, right? And so I'm having the same conversation with him. And he said something to me that changed, like immediately changed every part of my day, my approach to so many things. And he says, Amber, you said that you don't want to give up your lifestyle and that's great, but your current lifestyle created the results that you hired me to change. It is time for you to choose. And I was like, shit, <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. And it, that's a perfect example of 
being able to like somebody, even us, the most successful people that you can find get in their own way. And they need to have somebody who is able to say like, these are the things you've been saying to me, listen to what you are saying. It makes zero sense. Well, that's like, why would you want to do this if it created this result that you don't want? Well, that's, I want to point out to everybody listening. I want you to see what she just did to herself. We all say we want X, we want a body, we want the money, we want a car, we want success, we want whatever, right? It could be even something more simplistic than that. It could be a new TV, something, it could be anything, right? But we contradict ourselves without even realizing, it, which is what you did. You hired a fitness coach, you hired a nutritionist because you want to get in better shape and you want to care about your health. But then the other, that's like your, your conscious, like thoughtful mind, right? You're like, yes, I want this. How can I get it? Take actions, draw out the plan. But then our 90% of our actions are routine. And your routine is I fucking love potatoes. I'm going to eat a potato. Yep. And you're like, like okay, well, I'm going to eat a potato. And then, but you're, you're fighting it, right? Like you're in that wall sit or you're just like talking. You're like, I love potatoes. I'm going to eat potatoes. And that's your story. That's your inner story that controls your day-to-day minute-to-minute actions. So although your logic brain over here says, I want to do X, your day-to-day thought process says something different. And this is where emotional dissonance happens. And it's what you point out. This is what a good business coach, especially an NLP person does is they show you where you're out of alignment. Because when you're out of alignment, you cannot move forward. It's like it's like pressing two steps forward, one step back all the time, right? You're constantly like not moving. But when you get into alignment, everything goes forward. And it's not always easy. No, it's never easy. <laughs> so, well, okay. So you said the guy brings you and tells you this and you're like, yep, I need to step up. So how do you reprogram the daily story? Because that's the question. Anyone who just listened to this is like, how do I do that? Because that's what I want. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that one of my favorite things that I was ever told as I was going through my NLP training is like change happens in an instant. It's deciding to change that takes time. So everybody's like, oh, change takes time. Change takes time. No, it doesn't. Change happens like that. We think about change and whether we're actually going to do it. And that's what takes time. So the moment he said that to me, everything that was important about all of this stuff over here changed. Um, It's really interesting too, because one of my favorite sayings that's written on my wall right now is don't give up your peace because chaos is comfortable. We know what this feels like. We know what it feels like to be in this spot. And then we have this better life that we think that we think we want. And we have to step out of what we know to accomplish that. And we don't actually know what it's going to be like. We only know what we think it's going to be like. And so our minds are designed to keep us safe. And our mind says, yeah, I'm, I'm overweight. I'm broke. I'm in a job I hate, but I know what that feels like. I don't know what this feels like. And what if it sucks? Like I can't go back. So I'm just going to stay. And it never works that way. So um, I believe that journaling in some way 
And honestly, I've been doing 45 Live from the Biz Bros. So if you guys haven't been doing 45 Live, it's fantastic. Um, if people think of journaling, like I need to sit down and I need to journal. Like if you go back and look at your timeline, I wrote my book, um, the draft of my book from my Facebook stories. Like where was I in 2016? Where was I here? What emotions were I feeling? That if anybody wants to tell you Facebook isn't a journal, it can be if you're honest. Like if you, you know, so journaling and whatever that looks like to you gratitude. And then being willing, you know, we talked about responsibility earlier today. We all know what we need to do. When I hired my nutritionist, I asked him, I said, okay, when do I get my meal plan? And he's like, I'm not sending you one. And he said, what kind of a freaking nutritionist doesn't send me a meal plan? And he says, the kind that works. He says, you know what to eat you know that Brussels sprouts are better than French fries. Like, you know that, you know, lettuce is better than bacon. There's a reason you don't eat it and it has nothing to do with food. So being willing to look at what actions am I taking and what actions do I need to take? We know those things. We just don't want to look at them. So being willing to be 100% honest with yourself and be like, look, this shit's not working for me. How do I change it? And the how is in the people you surround yourself with. Got it. Um, trying to think, what do you think? I want to ask you a couple like faster questions. What do you think is the number one thing that sabotages people from moving forward? Like they made, they're like, yeah, I want this. You can use this story from your own life. You can talk about clients. You can talk about anything. Just use an example. Like, what do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back from moving forward, from actually finding success? So I think it's it's different based upon the context. Um, first of all, I would say fear, fear of the unknown. Um, second of all, whenever I'm working with a client and they tell me, I can't do this, I want to do this, but that but was created in a particular moment in their life. And being able to find out when that was created and then go back and reevaluate that situation in a way that gives them a different perspective on it changes that. So the short answer is what causes people to get in their own way is them, their perspectives of the world, their model of the world, their limiting beliefs, their values, all the things that they've thought were important their entire life created this. And that gets in their way of changing it unless we change those values. I want to go a little bit granular. I want to like picture okay. like somebody in their daily routine, right? They're going okay. off to work because you, you work with people unlike, I mean, you work with normal people that have a nine to five job. So they're getting up in the morning. Maybe they do some, a workout in their house or they go to the gym then they get some coffee and then they run off to work, but they're unhappy. They're unfulfilled. They might have, the six figure income, they might have the nice car, they might have the nice apartment, but they're, they're feeling unfulfilled and they've, they've thought about change, but they're not. What are like one, two, three, like daily things that are stopping them from moving forward? So the first thing that I normally ask all of my clients to do is write down all the things that are important to them in their life. So normally when I'm working with someone, you just listed it, the six-figure income, the car, whatever. These are all the things that are important to them. And then I ask them to tell me why they're important to them. 
what is it that you get out of this? Because I've never met somebody, and I use the six-figure income as an example. I've never met somebody who says, I want to make a six-figure income for the purposes of holding six figures in my hand. They always think it's going to bring them something. It's going to bring them freedom. It's going to bring them respect. It's going to bring them happiness, whatever that is. So I want to know these things that are important to you. What is it about those things? What do you think those things bring you? that you're holding on to them for. And as soon as we can show, like, so this would be my exercise to you, write those down. And then what do those things bring you? And then once you do that, you start to realize that the things that you really want aren't actually tied to those material things at all. They're tied to something else in your life. And then it becomes easier to start to separate the outside version of success with what you really want in life. So I'm going to throw two, two pieces at you for examples, because these are, I've, I think this is a really, really good conversation. If you're listening to this, I want you guys to think about this because I think a lot of people say the six figure income, especially women, I have three sisters, they would say it's security. That's what they're getting from the income, right? They, they, I have money in the bank. I can do whatever I want. Some kind of freedom maybe might be a big one for people. So how do you separate money or how do you, how would like, I'll let you take the, the cue from there. If they're looking for success or freedom, how do you have not success or freedom, sorry, um, security or freedom? How do you help them find it? How, like, what's a good practice that they can do? Yeah. So, um, I think COVID was the best example ever, right? Everybody that was making the six figures, um, and, I, and I won't say everybody, many people that were making those six figures were all of a sudden trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do now that my office is closed? What am I going to do now that I can't go to work? The security, when you work for somebody else and you think I have the six-figure income, security is false. Um, it can go away at any point in time. So what, and, and I was this person, to be clear. I never wanted to own my own business. And I was working for a particular company, and I'm an attorney, so I'm going to leave it vague, that started having problems with payroll. And to be clear, I always got paid. Um, I just didn't always know whether I was going to get paid. And it was that moment that I was like, this is stupid. Like, clearly, if I wanted to worry about whether I was going to get paid every day, I could do that for myself. Um, so we have this idea that if you work for somebody else, that you have security, but that somebody else is going through all the same things that you would be going through as a business owner. The only thing you're doing is giving up control over whether or not you can do things better, whether you can make a bigger impact. So I think what it really comes down to is be smart about it. How much money do you really need to survive? How much money do you really need to make? Um, I would never tell anybody to walk away from that spot. Um, but I would tell people that um, you need to really think about whether that job actually gives you the security that you think it does. And I think what makes what we're talking about a little bit different than most conversations that I have where people are like, um, I, I, I think the only way to have true security and freedom is to start your own business. I don't agree with that at all. You have to define what security means to you. Once you define what security means to you, then you can look at all the ways that you can get it. You have to define what freedom means to you. What is freedom? Maybe freedom is I go nine to five. I don't have to worry about payroll. I don't have to worry about you know who I'm going to hire next. I don't have to worry about an employee quitting. Maybe that's freedom to you. 
whatever it is to you, you have to define every single term in your way before you can achieve it. Got it. Amber, you shared a lot of good tips and tricks that people can use. I mean, strategies, and some of this stuff is going to be uncomfortable for people, but that's kind of the point. Change is a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes you've got to be doing a wall sit and yell about potatoes to yeah. break through, right? I mean, that's anytime I feel anger or frustration, I know there's a breakthrough around the, the corner because usually like I've trained myself that it's a cue. If I'm getting, if I'm like, no, I won't do that. Then I'm like, oh, why am I saying that? Like, let's really think through this. Like, I probably have some kind of negative story attached to it that I need to remove. Um, yeah. Amber, if people want to find you, where should they go? So they can reach out and um, listen to the podcast anywhere that they want to, the More Than Corporate podcast. If they want to um, get a hold of me directly, the best way to do that is through my Facebook community. It's called Success Center. And um, I will send you that link if you don't already have it. Awesome. So all of that is in the show notes. Make sure you check out our podcast. Make sure you check out our Facebook group. Amber, I want to say thank you so much for being on this super fun conversation. We got to cover all the stuff except for lawyer stuff, which is great because nobody wants to talk about that. Really. No, nobody wants to talk about lawyer stuff. Not really. Nobody wants to talk about the C word either. It's <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Any parting words for our guests before we jump off of here? Um, yeah, I'll um, just say this is what I end every single one of my podcast episodes with. You have the ability to design your best life and you owe it to yourself to get off your ass and live it. There you go. On that note, I will wrap up the show. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people, and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner, head over to deathtobadwebinars.com and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show, and we'll see you next time.